Hello, my dear listener, and welcome to Is This It? I'm your host, Donna Grunberger, and I'm here to have meaningful conversations with talented and purpose-driven people to discover what mindset allowed them to overcome their greatest challenges and achieve success, and share it with you so you can do the same. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider joining my exclusive Patreon community to support the show and unlock bonus content. I had like family getting involved in lockdown and we were all just packing orders together, like a hundred, I would wake up to like a hundred orders some days and I would just have to go and do that. And then on top of that answer, like a hundred emails and do all the customer emails and do the social media and the marketing and the invoicing and things like that. It's really not for the faint hearted. Like it was a lot. I cried every day. I'd wake up and just cry with stress. We don't want a monotonous day to day. We want an adventure and we want excitement and we want variety. And that's really why I started working for myself because I think as someone who's quite high energy and quite scatty, I like to feel kind of spread thin, worked really hard and like lots <laughs> to think about. On today's episode, founder of the cult jewelry brand, July Child, Sinead Flood. Sinead, thank yes. you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here. You've created this cult-like jewelry brand that has you know stores all over the world, massive following. You have Dua Lipa and Zara Larson as fans of your brand. But most of all, I think you embody it yourself very well tell me where did that passion start for well my passion with jewelry definitely started when I was around I think probably all my life I've always been a massive fan of collecting things shiny things I'd call myself kind of like a magpie so when I was a kid I used to dress in a lot of very extravagant jewelry of my mum's and through my adult life I did a lot of traveling and in my travels I always kind of came across lots of quirky beautiful things that I'd make a point of going to find like local creators and independent designers and buying their jewelry. So it was always like a bit of a treasure hunt. I'd mm. call myself a bit of a treasure hunter. And just through naturally my twenties, I kind of grew into that more and more and really identified like my own, I, I had my own identity with what I wore and really expressed myself through jewelry. So it felt like a very natural step for me to want to have my own jewelry brand because it was just something everyone associated with me was you're always wearing so much jewelry where's it from it was always the stories behind the jewelry you're the jewelry person yeah I'm the jewelry girl yeah I've mm. kind of I've been coined the queen of jewelry by mm. Grazia Vogue stuff like that so it's it's quite an honor <laughs> amazing wow that's that's incredible I love I love to hear stories where people have been able to turn their passion and their natural pull towards something into their business, into their career, into something that they also can get paid for. Exactly. Does it ever seem like work? <laughs> it definitely does in more recent years. Mm -hmm. I think originally it started off as such an organic project. I was a 23 year old girl starting a brand out of her mum's dining room. So it was just mm. me, you know, a tiny investment from my family and a whole load of packaging and product to try and shift and to get people to buy into. And over the last six years, we've grown exponentially and it's now turned into a seven figure business, which oh, wow. is huge. And there is so much work and so much admin. And I think I find myself doing more invoicing and finance and accounting than I do just the creative stuff, which was originally kind of 
where I started. Mm, so what what can you do about that? Does it have um, to be like that? Or? No, 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 it doesn't really. We do, you know, I've I've got loads of people working with me. So there's, I'd say there's up to 20 people now mm. working all over the world, some freelance, some work directly for July Child. And yeah, I do try to manage that a bit better. I think I'm still learning and I'm still full of energy and wanting to do it is is a massive thing, not knowing how to kind of part with jobs mm. and knowing that you can trust other people to do things better than yourself which I think is a hard lesson to it learn. It is, it is. Definitely mm. for the founders, for people that yeah. have started their own business yeah. on their own from scratch. It's, I've heard this many times that it's very hard to delegate. Yeah, yeah. That's because you're exactly attached, it. you're like, no, you're not going to do this better than yeah. me. <laughs> and it's a moment of when do you delegate? Like yeah. when's the right time? Because you almost feel like you have your own system, your own way of doing things. And you know that you're growing. You can feel that growth, the growth pains almost. Mm. And you're a little bit overwhelmed, overworked, but it's then finding the time to find the right person. And what does that person look like? And how am I going to train them to replicate exactly what I do, if not better? But that's also like we were discussing before is, is finding the right budget and the right people and investing like yeah. and in, with investment. Comes time, growth. energy and money because yeah. it takes time to train people. A hundred percent. So it's just, it's just finding that space and, yeah. and, and doing it. So I am learning that. And I've learned it the hard way in, in other ways. But with the reassurance of the team and the people that I have around me, it helps me grow into those roles more, stepping away from certain things and knowing what my strengths are mm. and working more on the creative and the direction and the strategy and the future of the brand as opposed to paying invoices. <laughs> oh my God, you literally hit the nail on the head yeah i've been i've been <laughs> speaking really... to a couple i've been speaking to a couple of guests about this and it's also relevant in my life mm. it's like if you don't find time to work on your business instead of yeah. just in the business which is so easy to do you just carry away there's so much to do like even i i have these you know edits to review this to schedule this to record this to research and this to reach out and so so many things but if i don't find that time literally and put it in the agenda to okay, how can I actually delegate some of this stuff? How can I automate some of this stuff? What can I do to make the processes leaner? Yeah. Burnout. Yeah. At some point, at some point. Yeah. And, you know, nobody wants that. And also it stifles your growth because yeah. you keep doing things that somebody else might be doing for you. Exactly. It's yeah. really difficult. Like, I think so many of us in the same position. And I think for you, I, th I think you're also a female entrepreneur who's doing it by herself like you're probably your own investment your your own management your own directors so we're only human at the end of the day mm. it's just learning that journey by yourself is is really important and actually it's part of the adventure and the joy mm. of working for yourself is that you we don't want a monotonous day-to-day -day. we want an adventure and we want excitement and we want variety yeah. and that's really why I started working for myself because I think as someone who's quite high energy and quite scatty, I like to feel kind of spread thin and worked really hard and like lots <laughs> to think about and lots to do, busy, busy. It's fun. It's it's way better than sat at an office just typing away all day. Love, I love that. Yeah. And can resonate. That's probably my worst nightmare. Yeah. I should have realized Same. that much earlier to be fair. <laughs> 
But this July child wasn't your first professional experience. Can you tell me what sort of things, what, what sort of skills and experiences you gained from your other jobs that were crucial for you later in your entrepreneurial journey when you started July Child? I think as a young girl, as a teenager, I started off at Topshop at 15. So already I had a real flair for fashion and retail was really exciting to to be working in are you allowed to work at 15 i actually right this is something that's really <laughs> crazy i you know how you need your national insurance number to work mm-hmm. i got mine just before i was 16 so i was 15 and i said to Topshop, i'm 15 by the way i'm 16 in four months I have a national insurance number and they were like absolutely fine we really want you so they hired me above all the other people who were like older than more than old enough to do the job but I have always gone into interviews really strong Mm. so that was one of the things I actually really enjoyed the process yeah the confidence I was always super engaged that was I think at school I was the same I was very like chatty and always wanting to engage with people so being able to do that kind of gives you a bit of competitive edge I think but you know I think all the skills that I learned through retail, in particular, I had a job at American Apparel when I was 21 and I was a supervisor there. So I had a lot of roles delegated to me as in like creating the shifts, taking in stock, allocating stock, like working with the other American Apparel stores. And it was all very, the logistics and bringing in the product and knowing about allocation within stores. That was something that was really crucial to my knowledge when I started July Child because I was learning how to buy and allocate and hold stock and and sell and and kind of the management behind the scenes mm-hmm. as opposed to literally just being on a shop floor and just being like, oh, this is cute. You would really suit this. It was very much managerial position within retail. So after that, that was around university I left and went and worked for a startup. And that startup was really, really high energy role. Like I had to cold call lots and lots of different people. I had to try and get meetings with the heads of departments or managers. This was for a university. So I was working with schools. And having to do that was like a lot of, required a lot of time, effort and commitment. And also again, I really had to know my stuff. So I really had to sell the future of someone's education Mm. and talk about career prospects. So I think having a product as well then, which was less of a physical product, it was more, I was selling a dream almost. I was selling the dream of a university and a life, three years of your life, investing in your education and beyond and this is what your career could look like that really taught me just about how to sell to people how to tell people the story behind a product how to build a story and narrate or or create a community and and a vibe and I definitely think those two things really go hand in hand product you need to understand how to not just sell a physical thing it has to be about what it means to someone, create Mm. the story behind a brand, create the sentimentality, the emotional attachment so that people feel more invested in your brand as opposed to just, you could buy that from anywhere. So Mm. you're creating a community. And that's something that I've really tried to do with July Child is create the community and the story 
that resonates with people that are like me or that are like my customer. You know, my customer is me basically. So a girl who's quite maximalist and really wants to wear things that are forward thinking with their fashion and a bit more out there, not the regular. So my years growing up working in retail and then my first job out of uni really taught me a lot just about people and about product and about systems, things that I didn't get taught at school or Mm. university. But were crucial for you. Yeah, massively, massively. So what is, you mentioned July Child's story. What is the story behind it? July Child's story, it was, it was such a, it's such a difficult point in my life when I realized I didn't want to work in this, this job at the time at this sports business university. And I'd always obviously been the jewelry girl. That was how I define myself. Like what I actually spoke to someone about recently was jewelry is something that clothes kind of come and go sometimes you feel good in your clothes sometimes you don't feel good in your clothes you might have gained a bit of weight you might have lost Mm. a bit of weight like the irritation around putting on outfits whereas jewelry is consistent jewelry is the thing that you put on every day and you feel good and you feel like it's your armor that's like your identity it's Mm. the things that you keep they might have a story behind them they might remind you of a moment travels family heirloom or just a piece that makes you smile because it's a really cute piece of jewelry. So for me, that was always like my thing. I was like, at least I know my jewelry is like just there and I love it and I always feel really cute. I couldn't go out the house without wearing my jewelry. It was really like, it was so embedded in my identity. It was a very strong part of you. Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing this job uh, for UCFB. It was great, taught me a lot but also I was coming to kind of the end of that journey. And I wanted to do something within jewelry because I was offered an experience to go and work in New York for a jewelry designer. Mm. So this is actually really- That's how it started. Yeah, I didn't mention this before, but a jewelry designer in New York met me when I was there, visiting my brother who lived there. And she really kind of talked to me when I was in the shop because I knew loads about her product and I talked to her about the names and I loved the names and the the story behind her jewelry and she said I'm gonna be in London and we're gonna host a pop-up would you like to come and work it so I was like absolutely I would yeah so I joined her in Shoreditch for the pop-up on Redchurch Street that day was a great day actually okay I also got scouted for modeling that day which was a really (laughs) like I was like this is this all feels like my new life is coming into fruition. You know, I was working a job in education that just didn't feel like me. Mm. And then there I go working this pop-up, getting scouted. I was like, that's so flattering. It, nothing came of it, but this it was is just me. like, you were like I this just is me. feel <laughs> like I'm a fashion girl and I just need to be in the fashion world. So anyway, so I do this pop-up day and, and she invites me to go and work for her in New York full time. Hey guys, I have a very exciting announcement to make. I've started working with my very first sponsor and it's none other than, drumroll, Momo Kombucha. Our own London-based, locally produced, healthy and delicious kombucha that I've been a fan of since I first tried it. For those of you who know me, you know that I'm obsessed with my health, but at the same time, I'm a devout foodie and nothing will make me renounce tasty food and drink. Unfortunately, most delicious drinks are full of sugar and other additives that are not good for your health. This is why I love Momo so much. 
It's delicious, so it curbs my cravings for snacks and healthy, as it contains loads of probiotics that are great for your gut. If you'd like to try it yourself, use the discount code ISTHISIT15 to get a 15% off of your first order. And I just said, well, I've, you know, I'm in London, I've just moved here, I'm really happy with my life, but you've given me an idea, maybe I'll start my own brand and stock your brand. And she said, okay, like, yeah, I could do something like that. So I said, I might act as maybe an agent for other international brands and host them on a site. I guess I'll call it something. And at first the name was <laughs> Flu Store. Like okay. my name, Sinead Flood, Flu. Yeah. And then someone said, isn't Flu like a vagina? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, oh. yeah, okay, maybe not that. Maybe not abbreviate my name. So the next one was Outliers Club. I was nice. like, Outliers Store, Outliers Club, that sounds cool. Because it's for like the, the 1%, the kind mm-hmm. of the quirkier girls. And then, I, you know how a lot of people obviously have an attachment to their name or their year of birth, date of birth, yeah. month of birth. So I was like, July child, you know, that's that's me. I'm, I'm you know, I am a summer baby. So I just called it july child and um oh god i've lost my train of thought what, what were we even talking about the story about? yeah you're telling me the story behind the story july of july child, child yeah. yeah so so uh july child kind of was spawned through that through meeting this new york designer her offering me a job rejecting it and realizing that there was space for something like this it kind of started as a curation of lots of international brands so I didn't just host her brand on my store. I started this online e-boutique and also approached four other designers, some in Europe, some in Australia, just anything that I thought was really cool that didn't have a stockist in the UK. Mm. And we started like that and it was just me. So had you designed some of your own or were you just gathering, you were gathering the things yeah. that you liked? I started curating, okay. yeah, fully curating. In like a Shopify type of platform? Yeah, mm-hmm. built my own Shopify. Literally, I remember the, the day that I was sat in bed editing like the final bits for Shopify ready for launch, expecting thousands of people to come <laughs> and shop on my website on the first day, which was just family and friends <laughs> and one random lady in America. Which is great. Uh, which was great. And it was just the best feeling. Like if I could actually go back and capture that moment again, that feeling of being 24, like so naive and just so full of excitement about like what the future holds with the brand, I would just go back and just like, I want to feel that again. Cause it was just so, so wholesome and, you know, building your own website. Like, wow, look at all these skills I'm learning. Me taking my own photos of the product, like all very new to me. And it was, it's so crazy to think of how far it's come since then. But those were really good feelings around starting the brand. Yeah, it was a really fun period. I um, I always think about, you know, I I ask all of my guests and I will ask that to you as well. What's your recipe for happiness? And I, I've come to realize that mine in, in a lot of ways is just feeling like you're at that beginning. Like whenever I'm in my life that I, I feel like, this is just the beginning. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So so it's about actually creating those projects, you know, starting new things, learning new things mm-hmm. and putting yourself in, in, in situations where you're 
just a beginner. Yeah. I think there's a distinct feeling connected to a beginning of something, you know, the the, the mid journey of it. Yeah, and definitely. if we think about it, it, the most amazing feelings are always at the start. Because as you said, you know, you're hopeful, you're full of dreams, everything yeah. is possible. And there is always a question of whether as you get older, whether that gets tainted or whether it gets tainted the because we try less. Yeah. We try less things. But that's something that I have tried to condition myself to do the absolute opposite. Mm. It's like with the more knowledge, actually there are more opportunities because I'm less fearful because I know that ultimately things can go wrong, but it doesn't hurt or feel as bad as it did the first time it happened yeah. when you're younger. So weirdly, the reverse is taught in society to kind of like slow things down, get married, have children, steady, steady. As a woman, that's really thrown out there. But for for me, I feel like there's so much more to kind of go at. And, mm. and I really enjoy my entrepreneurial journey. And I feel that that's something that really gives me a lot of joy in life and a lot of excitement. And it's something that I think I'm very much at the beginning of. And I know that next time around, I'll do it even better, bigger, make less mistakes because baby Sinead made all those mistakes <laughs> for me. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you, you're you in a relationship as well right now, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love, I love that. You know, I, I love what you just said paired with that notion as well. So you're not compromising on anything. It's not yeah. either or. You're a full person. You're able to have your career. You're able to have your relationship. You're able yeah. to enjoy your life. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's really positive to just encourage like everyone around you to kind of live out their fullest life and whether whatever it is that makes them happy, whatever makes them tick. My dad used to say when we were growing up, always stay curious. So that was his quote. And whenever it was his birthday, I used to get him like bracelets with always stay curious. Of course, I'm buying jewelry for family. So that's always really been embedded. Like be curious about life, be curious about people, be open you know, be adventurous, push your boundaries because good things come on the other side of fear. Mm. Things that you're most scared of or the things that are unknown to you might just be the best thing for you. So if you don't try, you don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's another thing that I uh, really liked about what you said. It's that mindset that you have, that attitude that you have towards trying new things yeah so how you described you approached building this new website listing things maybe yeah. creating your page and later on marketing yeah. you approached it with this excitement and this curiosity mm -hmm. and this this joy right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because i know some people they would be very focused on kind of the end goal mm -hmm. and like okay i have to pay attention to the language i have to do this 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 yeah. to then achieve this or get yeah. there and as soon as somebody frames it that way it becomes a chore and it becomes a weight mm. and it becomes instead of being excited and you're like oh wow i'm learning how to make this i'm learning this new skill yeah. it becomes oh my god this is taking so long yeah. and it's impeding me from getting to that point where i really need to go <laughs> you know and it becomes a frustration and very very opposite kind of mindsets and i think that's valuable to point out how stark that difference is and yeah. at the end of the day that experience is like night and day but it's down to you and simply your mindset whether you're going to experience it as a night or a day yeah exactly exactly that you know people it's quite difficult to to get your head around all new things things that you have to learn things that skills that you don't have 
and just like you said it's really about just putting yourself out there and and giving it a go and not seeing it as such a mountain of work because that's it most tasks in life when there's the perfect distraction of a podcast netflix going to the pub it's like there's so many other things that you could do with your time and it's how you manage your time mm. how do you manage your time I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> um, you served it on a slot platter. Yeah, I did. I really did. I, do you know what? My uh, my employee, Sarah, said to me the other day, Sinead, I have no idea how you do it, but like you get so much done. But because I'm also looking like I'm having like the best time ever and kind of laughing my way through it. And I'm very, ch- I'm quite playful as a person. I think I'm quite young energy so like I can be a bit silly sometimes and I don't take myself too seriously not at all so she's like you come across as if you wouldn't get anything done because you're just so like hyper but you get so much like Mm. the fact that I took July Child to that level took such huge amounts of commitment and I do everything in life with high energy and and commitment the things that I'm passionate about I really do go for it but I'm having fun at the same time Mm. and I wouldn't say I'm the best at managing my time. You know, I can definitely sit there on my phone and faff around for a couple of hours. What helps when you? I should be focusing. Mm. Um, putting my phone out of the room, turning it on Do Not Disturb. Literally, the let's go back to basics. Put your phone out of the room. Turn your phone on to Do Not Disturb. My WhatsApp, I don't know. I'm involved in all these different like WhatsApp groups. Mm. I'm like... it's the middle of the day (laughs) yeah yeah literally I love you but I'm not speaking to you this week so just really trying to like break up my day as well by I wake up really early I wake up at six I'll go and do my thing so I take my time my meditation I'll go to the gym I do yoga and pilates I love it it's my space it calms me down Uh, I'll go for a really long walk and then I start my day and I kind of let the day just kind of like go you know I'll I'll just be dictated by I think I'm dictated really by how good my morning routine was Mm. so if I wake up and I immediately look at my phone to stressful emails my day is scatty and I can feel a bit up and down I don't feel in control of myself same experience yeah morning routines are literally the most essential thing ever and I hear that so much and I feel like TikTok is listening to me because it always shows me videos of people (laughs) talking about morning routines and I'm like you're hearing me because that's how I'm feeling and that's also a real big deal Mm. for everyone. So it's maximizing your time for yourself, which I think can allow you to feel more focused and not just, not being too like, oh, I'll just go with the flow. It's, you do have to be disciplined. Like whether it's fitness that makes you feel good or it's reading or whatever, just have something that, helps you to focus in the rest of your life yeah and don't let people like distract you with going out for dinner every night because oh my god because like I do get you know I'm a real social person a lot of people like so can I see you this day and I'm kind of more recently been pulling back on weekday things because I'm actually like you're taking that's energy that I need for work like I friggin need that energy so much and unfortunately I love you but no, like, I, you know, I've, I've got a job to do and I'm really feeling like I give too much away to everyone. So I'm trying to peel that, like rein that all in so that I can focus more in the week. 
because it's too easy to socialize isn't it when you're 30 you're like you have no idea you're you are me and i'm you great i I actually i could i can sense it when i met you good energy good energy people good energy of course guys yeah (laughs) no but we're literally on the same page last night last night i was i put it out like for once because it had to charge or something i put it out i went my laptop to another room lo and behold i got done in one hour what i couldn't do in six before yes and I, I wrote it. I need to engrave it in a stone for myself and yes. look at it every single day. Things that will make me, help yes. me get things done. That is one. Phone out. Mm-hmm. Period. Second thing. I literally two things I wrote down yesterday because how relevant it is right now <laughs> in my life. The second thing is weekdays, no socializing. I swear to you, I'll show it to you in my notes. What is this revelation that we're having? <laughs> we are having revelation. I mean, same frequency for sure. No, but yeah. uh, it's true. It's true. And and still I went to bed. I went to bed really late because I realized, you know, I was, I was ready to go to bed at 11. But then I realized all day I had all these messages, like all the WhatsApp, the, everything. And I was like, yeah. well, I have to respond someday. You know, tomorrow it's going to start. And I'm exactly like you. In the morning, mornings have to be mine. Like absolutely yeah, no super. phone. I need to, I need my journal. I need my meditation. I need my workout. And I think people that don't have these morning routines, they don't do them. They don't realize how much, how much of an improvement they they add to your life when you do them, because it's like an investment in yourself. You show continuously each single day that you are worth it. Yeah. You're worth that time. You're worth that effort. You are worth these activities that will help you show up in the world happier. You know, you're investing in yourself. So don't steal that time away from you. What does that even mean to say, no, I have no time? What do you mean you don't have time for yourself? If you have no time for yourself, who who do you have time for? Yeah. Like, who are you working for? Yeah. You're 40 40 years. Like, who are you working the 10 hours for? If you don't have an hour for yourself in the morning, there's a problem. It's really sad because I think a lot of people also, I am very guilty for since I've got, really busy with the business and my partner works for me he's amazing and my life's really full-on with like family and friends and things like that it's very rare for me to get like an hour to myself hence the morning routine being this sacred space sacred but so many people I think reject that or maybe don't prioritize it maybe because they they're nervous of having that quiet time like creating meditation journalism journaling or even things like therapy are such deep dives, aren't they? Yeah. You know, you can have that space to just ponder what's going on in your head. Mm-hmm. And that I really like because I'm really in touch with myself. Like we have this, you know, this the conversations going on all the time. I'm like, how? just check it in, Sinead. How are you feeling? How's this going? How, did that, how was that yesterday? Did that make you feel good? And that helps me to grow as a person and to be a better businesswoman, friend, partner, all the things in life makes me happier. Uh, to have that open dialogue in my own mind about like where I'm at and where what what's making me feel good mm. but without that I, it makes me worry about people I'm like are you okay like you, you're not making time for yourself like that's so vital to lead like a steady fulfilling life mm. long term most definitely and I see this both in my coaching clients and in people that I know mm. it's usually the very kind of busy men 
that are most neglected in this area yeah. where they absolutely do not check in with themselves they do not do those practices i was gonna say it's definitely a male thing <laughs> yeah because Sorry, they're, they're just not used to that you know yeah. and and we keep doing it's a psychological thing we keep mm-hmm. doing things that we're good at because it feels good mm-hmm. so they're so good at you know achieving specific results and like working hard which is amazing it's commendable it's super right but what about you and so they avoid this area of just that quiet space where they're left with themselves and what's in there. Yeah. And if you haven't opened that closet with everything that you got going on there emotionally, you know, mm-hmm. uh, from the past and all those things, then it, it can, can be piles. scary. Yeah, it piles and yeah. it can be scary. Of course, like imagine like there's a monster creeping in from yeah. the back, you know, <laughs> from a closet that you've you've been, been like buying clothes yeah, yeah yeah you've been locking up for all yeah. this time yeah that's not that's not a good idea yeah. you gotta you gotta be doing some spring cleaning there yeah for sure definitely speaking about mental health mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned that you had a bit of a meltdown or almost a full-on burnout in yeah. your mid-20s how how does a how does a 20-ish year old get a burnout <laughs> that early and, and how did you deal with it what happened there I think I'm a person who is just like fast paced everything like burn the candle at both ends that's what my parents say you're burning the candle at both ends Sinead I just go hard at everything like like I said I'm super social so I'll give it my all like seeing people booking myself out as in generally I can have like a a day at a weekend where I'll book people out in two hour slots Mm. and then I'll have like four meetings or four different things going on in one day and that's just a weekend which is supposed to be for like downtime so I really over I think I overcommit to everything and I think I don't ever sit in a room and just kind of slump and sit quiet and just allow the day to just pass by I really like go at it and even if I'm tired I'll push myself to go hard you know like get up keep keep going like go to the gym even if you're tired like go to the gym it'll make you feel better Mm. make sure you get all your work done so my to-do list will be this never-ending like sheet of things to do and things to tick off and I'll really want to get those things done and I think hence the brand doing really well and then also not just people pleasing I think it's actually that people pleasing you know myself uh, people around me it's I've got 130,000 customers waiting for the next drop, waiting for products to go live. And they Mm. are eager customers, you know, they're great. The community is very very much in conversation with me and everyone that works with me. So I feel dutiful all the time. I think I'm always on duty and I'm always like, there's always something to be done. And I think that burnout just happened as a, it was just compiled just going too fast, like traveling too much, traveling for work, traveling in my spare time, socializing whenever I had a spare minute. Um, so you were already you already doing July chart then? No, actually, the the burnout was just before. Mm. I had I had a burnout in COVID, but I think everyone did when mm. they were working like nonstop. Yeah, no, that that was definitely a product of just really pushing myself. Work, I had to drive a thousand miles a week. And I was up at 5 a.m., finishing at 10 p.m. And then I was 23. So I was like going out partying until 4 a.m. on a weekend. And then getting up and being like, yoga, 
going for a hike or a walk like doing the I'm most just doing mad. everything like I'm I am just madness I think people who live with me like partners whatever are just like this is so much you they uh, there's actually a theme of Sinead do you ever just not have anything going on can you ever just be like quiet for one day mm-hmm. that's actually something that gets thrown my way and I'm like no <laughs> but you no. find time for meditation and yeah. you're and you're good at that as well I like- have learned that since COVID nice. and since becoming more adult about how to look after myself yeah meditation became a thing and and it's an amazing practice to have in anyone's life like even if I'm talking no big sat there with my legs crossed like a very wise yogi (laughs) I literally lie on my back like before bed or it could be when I just wake up put the car map on game changer like 10-15 minutes essentially just have an extended nap (laughs) (laughs) or just to clear your head to breathe how did that impact you since you started doing that are you regular what's that Uh, meditation yeah meditate Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i think i would say a couple of times a week definitely Mm -hmm. and then going to yoga practices and having like breath work or meditation involved within that embedded within that it's my it just feels like my people my space like good energy people who just want to feel calm look after themselves be kind to each other be kind to yourself all those things just resonate hard with me. So I'm like, yes, more of making yourself feel good and feeling like you're growing and looking after your mind. Mm. Uh, I was going to ask you, where does the energy come from? So you you mentioned you're very high energy. What, what's the source of it? I'm powered by matcha. No, no. <laughs> um, I've always just been super high energy. I think, I think as well, something that I had that was really pivotal in creating this happy, energetic human who's dead excited about life is definitely my upbringing. Mm. My, I am the most high energy of us kids, I think. I'm really giddy and like, like yeah, almost a bit ADHD, but undiagnosed. That's how people describe it. They're like, you're probably undiagnosed ADHD. But it was just a really happy childhood. I played a lot of sports. I was always really sporty. I was always quite theatrical and quite like, a performer you know singing dancing reenacting movies and for my parents you know like oh this is my favorite scene from a movie everyone get in the kitchen and this is me doing a show for you all (laughs) with my friends and I wonder if it's that I don't know I think it was just something I was born with like I always had this fuzzy it's like a fuzzy energy feeling inside Mm. of me like you know when you like just get really loads of adrenaline Mm. like I have that within me a lot so did you like, lose like that go, when go, you go. had your burnout? Yeah. Oh yeah. When I had my burnout, it was really, it was really dark. It was like a year where I said, I feel like I'm, I feel like I, I don't even know where that person is. Do you know where it feels really, I felt really empty and it was just, it was really, yeah, it was a sad period. I felt so lost. And I think that was the transition before July Child and July Child was the, finding myself again and phoenix yeah the phoenix rising from the ashes i did feel like that i was like can it get worse oh wait yeah it can (laughs) like it just felt like every day was me kind of i said i said to one of my close friends i feel like i'm wearing a mask Mm -hmm. like i feel like i'm putting on shanae but i don't know where she is like that that was the feeling within myself like i think it was burnout but also just not living somebody else's I, life yeah not not living to my true authentic self yeah 
to work in a job that like I I can't even begin to imagine how hard it is for so many people who are working in jobs that is just to pay the bill because that's what I was sort of doing towards the end it was working a job that pays really well but it didn't resonate with me and it really crushed my soul like it was really Mm. I think I'm such a creative in that way like I need my creative outlet and when you don't have that it's it's not good for you is it to do anything that doesn't make you feel like you're living your best life or your truest life definitely now that you phrase it that way you remind me of a phase in my life where I had moved to Moscow Mm -hmm. uh, to do a job which was paying me three times what I was uh, getting paid in Milan however it was it was an office job and it was turned out to be very tedious and I realized Mm -hmm. extremely quickly like a couple of months in I was like well I have a choice now and I was 19 at the time I have a choice either I'm gonna put away a lot of money in this moment and I will Mm -hmm. or I move back to Italy and do something that I enjoy and, you know, go on another path. So mm-hmm. something I hate, good money, something that I'll definitely enjoy more, but who knows what money. Yeah. And so at that age, it was just a spontaneous, no, like there is no way that at this age, at 19 years old, I am going to slave away for money for unknown objectives. I don't yeah. even know where I need that money for. So just cut cut the losses like it feel trust your intuition trust your gut yeah don't and that's it it feels like a, it's such a difficult decision to make especially when it comes into financial benefits or loss because that really especially at this point in time is it's dictating so many people's lives because of the cost of living crisis like everything feels so much more expensive and I understand it's it's irresponsible to encourage people to just jump out of what you do and do what you love and because mm-hmm. not everyone's in a position gonna, to do that. Yeah, it is in a position to do that. Whereas I had some security. I had a family home that I knew I could go back to to start the business. And that was my trade-off, leaving a life of independence in London mm-hmm. to go back home to start, which felt like you're going backwards in some ways. But it's actually a real positive if you can but a lot of people don't have those yeah. those fallbacks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you touch a very good point, and I hear this also uh, in a lot of other conversations and, and podcasts. People people are not always in a position yeah. to just jump the boat, just change a job, etc. But I also think that in whatever circumstance that there is, you know, even when people have you know mortgages yeah. and bills to pay and, and kids to take care of, there is always a choice. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying you need to quit your 20-year career from one day yeah. to another. But however, you can start doing something that mm-hmm. will down the line bring you towards something that will bring you fulfillment. So it can start as a hobby. It can be a, a side hustle. It can be just adjustments in your current job that will bring you more fulfillment. So as as... I've explored working with my clients as well. It's everything is about mindset. Everything is about mindset. You don't have to be miserable in a job, even mm. if you've been up until now. Yeah, it's true. Working the- those side hustles or investing in a course, uh, whether it's online or in the evenings. I did stuff like that. Yeah. Like in the evenings or in my free time, I'd go and 
network in places that I knew people in the industry or scene that I wanted to be a part of were, reached out to people to have conversations, look for mentors. All of that is just, it's just about being proactive in very small ways. You don't have to make huge sacrifices all at once. No. It's just about small minor changes. It's like when people say eating habits or losing weight. But people are not patient weight. enough. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Yeah, everyone like, wants the big thing now. now. Exactly. Yeah. But what's the what's the age old saying? Rome wasn't built overnight. Is it yeah. Rome? The pyramids? Yeah, I yeah, can't remember. Definitely, definitely. So it's it's that. It's just life is a very long journey as well. It's mm. remembering that it's not you've not got a year, so you don't need to rush. Like you've got a lot of time. Yeah. And there's the, don't forget about, but I'm 30, I'm 40, I'm, you know, age is dictating. Sorry, age is just a label. Like, it's not something that defines you. How do you feel in yourself? What do you want to achieve? Do you feel ready now to step up to that role or that experience, to, to fulfill that experience that you've always wanted to have? Well, do it. You're, you're holding yourself back by yeah. leaning into what what people say you should be doing at 30 or 40 who's to, who's to tell you what to do and it's, it's also your life it's also that people tend to especially people that are stuck in their situations whatever yeah. there might be it could be career it could be relationship it could be anything else yeah. like living in a place that you don't like city do you yeah. you don't like they focus on the negative instead of the positive so they focus on all the things that could go wrong if they take the sleep instead of all the things that could go right yeah so again and that is just a mindset shift yeah so it's hard though, because if it comes naturally to some people and not others, that's something I'm figuring out as an adult is some people have that mentality and other people just don't. And you could, no matter how much I could like bang my head against the wall telling someone to just be brave enough to just, because that's kind of innate within me. Mm-hmm. Whether it's my nature or nurture, definitely a combination of both. I was born into an entrepreneurial family and my mum's a lawyer and she's a very strong female figure within the family and amongst her wider group of friends all my friends call her a second mum you know I'm from great stock like Mm. my parents are very strong independent people and have always encouraged us to be fearless and to really go at it and just give life a good go and enjoy ourselves along the way Mm. not take it too seriously have fun be adventurous so it's easy for me to say, but that's my mentality. That's some people haven't been brought up into that, so that's harder for them to to navigate life. Definitely, but it's not an excuse. Yeah, yeah, it's you not can an read excuse. books. Definitely, it's not an excuse. You can do courses. Yeah. You can get coaching. You can hang with us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, surround yourself with the right energy. Absolutely, that's that the all right those community. things help. Absolutely. Mm. We um, slightly digressed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Back to your company. So during the lockdown, you went mm. from eighty k to one million pound revenue. Yes. How did that feel? Amazing. And I was so annoyed at the same time because I was like, I know I'm not feeling this in the moment right now Mm. because I'm on the treadmill. I was sprinting on the treadmill, trying to get everything done. I designed 200 pieces of jewelry in a year. Like, am I okay? Why? (laughs) You're, You're not okay, you're great. Yeah, no, no, it was just like this, yeah, this, it was almost the, you know how there's the carrot and stick motivation theory. 
for me, it was never about really the carrot. It was like, it wasn't even about the stick. It was just like, I wasn't motivated by finances. I, I just naturally love doing what I do. And I think that's something to really bear in mind is that for me, watching the numbers come in was like, whoa, this is amazing. Like, but also this focus is what on I wanted. Job. But yeah, I was just like, but actually it was more the community and the reaction I was getting from the people around me and the customers and the joy and satisfaction I was getting from, like I always say to everyone, when I get my package of samples that, of my designs that I've made, and the first sample comes through the door, it feels like Christmas day. Mm. Unwrapping that box is like the the excitement that it gives me. So I think it was that I just, once I'd figured I could design, and that's what took the business from 80 to one mil, that was the moment when I was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed. Mm. So I just got obsessed with designing and people were just loving the product. So it just happened that way. How long was the period when you went from from 80K to 1 million? I think it was about 18 months. Mm. Yeah, and 12 and 18 months. Were you able to fulfill those orders? <laughs> yes, yeah. We, I was so committed to being like a, a get up at 6 a.m., and pack orders, that was my first job of the day. And I had my partner at the time and I had like family getting involved in lockdown and we were all just packing orders together. Like a hundred, I would wake up to like a hundred orders some days and I would just have to go and do that. And then on top of that answer, like a hundred emails and do all the customer emails and do the social media and the marketing and the invoicing and things like that it's really not for the faint hearted. Like it was a lot. I cried every day. I'd wake up and just cry with stress. Oh my God. You shouldn't, shouldn't you hire would. some people? <laughs> I did. No, but I did then. Uh, that was when I was like, okay, this is getting a bit much. I think I had a month of that and I was like, it's not going to stop. It's only going to get bigger. So we went and put our product into an amazing warehouse, which was kind of local, all ran really smoothly. We just had to do like a whole process of like barcoding all the product, which was like 300 units of stock. And actually this was a really great moment because we went from doing something like 400 orders to like a thousand plus orders the next month. So just just by me taking away that task that was totally unnecessary for me to do, I should be focusing on building the brand. I once I'd, giving that role to someone else, I had more time in my day. I had like three times as much time to work on product, stock quantities, social media, marketing, getting an agency to help us do ads. All this brain space opened up because mm. I wasn't picking and packing, which just wasn't necessary for me to do. And therefore I was able to triple revenue within like a month. Wow. Yeah. So the bottleneck was you? Yes. I am my own hindrance wow i was going to ask you so how did you grow so quickly was it also some sort of marketing that you implemented Mm. uh obviously you created better systems in your business so was it that the orders were already pouring in and you just weren't able to literally physically send them out as quickly as they were coming i think what the 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 real difference from pre-lockdown to like being in lockdown is that I used to do the brand identity sort of changed I leaned much more into becoming the face of the brand as in all the pictures had to not be campaign models which we used to do we used to do shoots and outsource it to like lots of models and things like that and influencers 
I just started doing all the photography of me and making it really like, this is me and my brand and this is me wearing the jewelry and this is how I would style it. And this is me talking to the camera about everything and anything that I'm doing. And the brand just went from like 13K followers to like 20 within a month. And then 20 went to like 90. And then it was like one, three, three. It was just like we grew on social media and became like the cult brand. Everyone was talking about us. All the influencers were wearing us. Like it was, I think it was that. I think it was that it was such an organic, you know, girls, girl mm. doing it herself. So it felt really, I really invited people into my world. So that's how July Child feels. It's very much like an extension of me. So it was July Child is me. People say to me, are you July Child? Like that's how people see the brand. It's me, the person. So it's just me leaning into that. Mm. And that was my marketing strategy. I'm just gonna make this like almost like its own reality TV show where you can mm. see everything behind the scenes. And people are so interested in that. I love that. So I wasn't holding back on the process or how we do things. So I think it made people just like, oh, I love this, love this for her. And I love this brand because she's doing something nostalgic. It reminds me of the nineties, childhood. It's a happy, colorful fashion brand. Mm. So it just really hit, just really hit it home at that point in time. I love that because you essentially embraced yourself and immersed yeah. yourself in the brand and that then catapulted you yeah. into the stratosphere of success <laughs> yeah like realize that you are your own superpower yeah which i didn't i was a bit more like but you know and we all are right especially in yeah. the beginning of the business or yeah. in the beginning of kind of being a bit more public yeah it's like we shy away from who we are and we're afraid of judgment and all of those things are yeah. there at the back of our heads and then as in your case it happened when you just you know embrace it. what it is yeah celebrated yourself and just showed let people in to your daily life it proved that that's exactly what was needed yeah amazing you come in essentially like an influencer or as you feel like you're doing that sort of thing because you're like hey this is what i'm wearing this is how i would style this you know and that wasn't something that i thought i wanted to do mm -hmm. but at the time it felt really fun and really good and i was chatting to lots of customers and it just was a natural progression and um yeah, and I've tried to keep on that. You, you, when I notice when I don't do that, we have less engagement. And I'm like, is people it really want you? always me? Sinead, people want yeah, you. Yeah, I'm like, do I really? Yeah. Give people the people like, what they want. Yeah, give the people what you want. And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Okay, fine. Fine, I'll put Super my makeup Star on. Will come out. Fine, I won't wear my gym gear all day, every day. <laughs> Love that. So what about now? What kind of numbers are you turning over now, if that's not a secret? Yeah, so we're probably doing about well with six figures we probably do about six hundred thousand. Mm. so yeah so, so the, the still, lockdown really the lockdown took us to like one mm. and then we dipped down but mm. i mean across the board in retail this is something that everyone's feeling the squeeze yeah. a bit so you know revenues are down with like massive retail it's like 30 to 40 percent mm. so i just keep track on the market like i'm really really into like reading about what's going on in in particular retail obviously in business so we're we're actually doing we're still actually doing like amazing mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. the times amazing so i want to talk about the business model a little bit more so what would you say is the secret to creating a successful e-commerce brand 
have a warehouse or a pick and pack system, oh my gosh, number one, essential. <laughs> have a really clear vision for your marketing. So build your branding, make it look slick, make it seamless, great packaging, great logo, great website. Oh my God, website. Have a very good website, very good imagery and communicate well with your customers and create a community. Don't aim to create profits, aim to create a brand. And creating a brand will distinguish you between just anyone else. Very valuable. So yeah, that's what I'd say. So if I'm to create and successfully run an online brand, Mm -hmm. what are the main things that I would need to take care of in order to be successful? To create an online brand... I would say so it, so sorry just just say that again one more time yes so if I if I was to create a brand you know a jewelry a design brand from scratch what are say you know three four pillars of of my success you already mentioned some so so marketing yeah. is one of them community is another one uh, okay. is, is it is it kind of the same or is this something else I need to think about I would definitely say find your niche mm. because so many people especially in the jewelry world, kind of enter jewelry because it is, there is a lot to kind of go at and there's a lot of money to be made. There's a lot of good margins on product, but it's a saturated industry. Whereas with July Child, we're really different to other jewelry brands. Like everyone knows it's a July Child product because it's really funky and it's really out there. And it, yes, and it's really cool. Show me, show I me. really like it. <laughs> Love it. Um, I was hoping you'd show up with a lot yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. I do have way more normally. I kind of toned it down today. <laughs> so make sure you find your niche and and know that know that you are going into something that has growth and opportunity there. For me, there were I did do extensive research before I started the brand to know how that extensive there was are we talking? Like a year. Yeah, I'm really committed, but I'm I studied marketing. Like I'm from an entrepreneurial family. It's in my DNA to be so in the detail of business. Like I, I was born, I was kind of like born to be an entrepreneur because it was everything that I learned. My dad, when he used to come home from work, he's a property developer, taught, used to bring us back his business plans when we were kids and say, what would you do differently? Have a read over that. What do you think? But because it was, he used to own retail parks and he would put in like Matalan, Tesco, blah, blah, blah. So he would say, what would you put into a shopping center or a retail park if, if, if it were up to you? And I would just go like wild with ideas. We'd be like, we'd put a fun fair here. We'd put this <laughs> shop here, sweetie shop. You know, it was very kiddie and playful. But actually those were the times where we were learning about marketing, research, product, building a brand, mm. building a business. So, you know, I've kind of been at business school since straight out the womb very very lucky pretty much very lucky um but yeah i would say find your niche so back to the question in hand find your niche understand your finances how are you going to fund this business have you got investment have you if you're going to start drop shipping model is it something that you don't need lots of cash for a lot of people run very successful drop shipping businesses yeah, we're now so easily connected to all over the world with lots of plug-in apps mm-hmm. that can allow you to have a hundred pounds to build some marketing and off you go. 
which I'm actually about to start a new dropshipping business, which mm. is very exciting because it's home. So I'm not going to buy sofas and store them in a warehouse. I don't think that would work Interesting. well. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, so have make sure your your finances where your money's going to come from, and you have a clear plan on where that money's allocated and what return on investment that will give you. So I'm very strict on making sure that if we are investing in ads or product that it's going to sell and there's not going to be stock laid around or the ads money is just going to kind of disappear and you know we're not going to get anything from that how do you ensure that strategic working with the right people so we spend quite a bit of money working with a very very strong agency who are super awesome female-led business they are really really strategic thinkers and they're very hot on devils in the detail so they don't just promise you the world and deliver a pile of shit (laughs) they really really know what they're talking about so we'll really discuss at length well if we're running an ad here we're targeting this particular audience and what will this particular audience want to see so it might be our best sellers or it might be more of a niche product that we have they'll also say that we need to back it up with email marketing so once you start advertising to people you then want to kind of get them onto your email system so you can remind them of that product that they like so understanding that it's not just about one layer it's kind of making sure there are touch points on your website on your social media yeah building a full rounded strategy Mm. with advertising and marketing which is something that I'm very, very knowledgeable about now, I think. Mm, Very valuable. Mm -hmm. What sort of mistakes did you make along the way? What would you say is the biggest and most hard lesson that you learned? Something you'd undo if you could go back in time. Well, there was one. (laughs) Let's hear it. God, it's so annoying. I let someone else encourage me. So this was an ex-partner. Mm-hmm. he was working with me at the time in lockdown and was very certain that when we buy stock that we just need to even if it's a brand new style that we haven't tested in the market we just need to buy more so I was I'm very cautious with buying I'm also very sustainable with my purchasing because there is environmental factors that I want to embed within the business so I don't want to just produce stock for it to go to waste I'm very aware that like the energy time consumption that goes into producing a product is something that can have damaging effects on the environment in jewelry Mm -hmm. so we instead of testing a product we well I led with the idea that we should just buy lots of it so I think I spent it's really hard to say this on camera. Yeah. I think I spent mm, qu- close to 150 to 200K on stock. That didn't shift for about two years. It was such a bad mistake. Like I bought hundreds of units of like one item and a hundred odd units of another item and another item and another, another item. And they were all really similar vibes. So we took ages to shift the stock Mm. because some of them well the ones that were popular they went really fast but the ones that were just 
not that popular. They might have been a more experimental colorway. They were enamel products. Just so slow to shift. So listening to... The wrong advice. The wrong advice is so crucial. And it costs, it costs me a lot. And it was, it was a devastating mistake to make. So don't listen to other people. Listen to yourself and your gut. Know that you're the one who knows what's best for your business. Mm. And only listen to people who have had literally very extensive experience in your sector, which he had not. Hmm. Super important. Burn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yes. See ya. So could you share, I usually ask for, you know, three really kind of crucial lessons that you've picked up over the years. If this is one of them, then amazing. Do you have yeah. any more to share? I think something that, is really vital for anyone who's going into an entrepreneurial journey is just to make sure that you really know what you're getting yourself in for. In terms of commitment, I think commitment is a huge thing when it comes to building a brand because you're curious about working for yourself because it gives you more time, more freedom, more opportunity. Yes, in some ways. But in a lot of ways, you work a 24-hour job, like you probably know. It's way more of your time and energy than anything you've ever done before, especially if you want to do it really good and be really good at what you do. Mm. So it's it's understanding that the energy transfer is far greater than your usual nine-to-five job. So make sure it's something you're really passionate about and something that you really love and that you're willing to commit to like a loving, loyal relationship. Just think of it like your, your, your husband or wife. <laughs> and I think the other thing is to, is to probably surround yourself with the right people. You know, really find your network and find your, your, the people that understand you and that will support you because you need, it's not just built like one person doesn't build something great. It takes a team of people. There's no mm. I in team, is there? So just making sure that you really invest in and create a network of people that believe in what you're doing and give you that support and that boost when you, when you need it most because you're going to have some harder days, some tougher days where you need to dig deep. So I think my family and friends and other amazing female entrepreneurs or male entrepreneurs that have become a part of my life through the journey of July Child have really been that sounding board for me. Mm. So people is a big thing. Very, very precious. How do you know how to pick them? I don't think you ever can. I think I'm really trusting of everyone and I always see the best in everyone. So sometimes I can invest my energy in the wrong people and find out the hard way when I feel drained or I feel tired or someone's like shafted you basically mm. <laughs> and done something that really upsets you and hurts you so I don't think you ever can you've just got to learn as you go and the older you get the more I think the more knowledge you have you get a feeling don't you when you're with people mm. like how do they make me feel definitely so just reading your energy and knowing that you, your intuition always speaks so much louder than anything else. 
exactly on the same page here exactly on the same page and yeah. it, for me i i read people and connect to people really depending on the energy i'm also mm-hmm. very trusting but yeah sometimes you you know you win some you lose some it's yeah. it's life it's uh cost of doing business yeah and, uh, well, yeah it is what it is yeah if i asked you what your purpose is what would you tell me this is crazy that you've said this because i had this conversation like very recently with a friend like what is my life purpose I heard it on a podcast and I don't you know what I don't quite know exactly (laughs) it's a hard question to answer I think for me it's just to be happy and to make people around me happy I feel like I was born with an ability to make people feel good and I feel good I have a lot of that love to give so I think probably to share the love and to be a happy, positive, caring, loving person for not just myself, but for others around me to help people heal in some ways. You know, I have a really caring nature and I like to help my friends and family when they're struggling and I feel like I, I can r- bring people up, you mm-hmm. know, like make them feel better. So probably that to, to make people feel good and to make myself feel good, to be happy. I love that. And what does make you happy? Oh, like a lot of people in my life, the people Mm. in my life make me really happy. They make me laugh and laughter is the best medicine, isn't it? So anyone that makes me laugh a lot and anyone that's up for an adventure, Mm. someone who's a bit spontaneous, I'm like, oh, love that. (laughs) We're going to get along like a house on fire. Yeah, things like that. And my work and doing yoga and looking after myself and expanding my mind like life is just I feel like it's this buffet of things and opportunities and I'm just like first at the table I'm just I just want to get stuck in I want to see it all I want to like feel it all I'm just would say yes to any opportunity I just life's excited isn't it there's a lot to be done love it love it love it love it thank you so much Sinead I've enjoyed this tremendously oh, me too. <laughs> one, one, one of my favorite episodes I think. oh thank <laughs> yeah. you yeah my first ever the podcast. energy the energy yeah it's good energy. and your first ever podcast yeah. how exciting is that yeah i know smash thank it. you feel good thank you hello friends if you enjoyed this episode please make sure to subscribe and share it with someone i would love to hear your feedback and suggestions as to what guests you would like to see in the show next see you next week <laughs>